0: On this week's episode, the chaos within the comic book industry, what's next for the Elder Scrolls, and it's time to take a trip on Avenue 5. All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse.
1: Don't be alarmed.
0: This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows, whether it's the PCC Multiverse, the Pop Culture Cosmos, the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, Topic Apocalypse, or Inside Sports Fantasy Football. But it wouldn't be a PCC Multiverse without my good friend. He's still the man who can't find any toilet paper for Pop Culture Cosmos. You gotta check out what he's doing today at popculturecosmos.com. Also, his great book, congratulations, you suck. And check out his awesome podcast today, Topic Ocalypse. It is my good friend. It is Josh Peterson.
2: What's up, man? What's up? What's up? Just trying to uh, outlast this whole um thing. You know, it's like it's frustrating. I found like yesterday I kind of like got put into a deep uh, dark mental place so i had to shut everything off and just play video games for a bit
0: i don't blame you a lot of other people are going through the same thing it's really troubling at this point in time what we're dealing with now and what's coming up in the future we don't know how long this is going to last we don't know how long it's going to be before it ends or before we get back to some semblance of normalness i know a lot of people are trying to target you know, April 12th, the Easter holiday break as being something that we can go ahead and start getting back to our lives. But as what's also been said, the virus could have other ideas, and there's still many people suffering out there, and there's many deaths and things of that nature. So from all of us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, our hearts and thoughts are out for all those that are suffering from the coronavirus, who have family members, who have friends, who have loved ones that are being affected by this crisis, I know we're all going through it a tough time right now, but please, if you can, let's all work together. Social distancing, stay as much indoors as possible. Please follow those guidelines. It would help everybody out and we can get through this thing faster and faster and faster if we all work together.
2: Also, be careful what you post to social media because if you're like trying to, get people to be afraid and like think that they're going to die every time they leave the house it's not really helping you know and i i know you guys have the best intentions but some people like myself it has it has a taxing thing on our mental state so let's try to you know be responsible with information
0: and you said this about our counterculture that we currently have where you know so many people go ahead and they become those keyboard warriors and they just feel like they can go ahead and say and do or or whatever they want when it comes behind our keyboards. And they can go ahead and send out those messages of anger or hate or fear that gets everybody riled up. And a lot of people take in that, like you said, yourself, you, you've been seeing what's out there on social media and the internet and it's very scary for you to go outside or you to do anything right now because of what's going on and what a lot of people are saying to make this bad situation even worse.
2: Yeah, I agree like and and you know it's not just people doing this it's the news sites too like you go every news site has a different statistics and the difference in them are are in the hundreds and thousands when it comes to like infections and deaths and things like that and it's just a lot of people wanting attention wanting the clicks wanting things like that and they have there's not really a lot of consideration for like what this is doing to people. You know, it's not just people aren't just afraid, it's not just people getting sick now, it's people who are like truly they're losing their jobs, they're losing their their income, they're having they're they're really struggling. And when you put that stuff out, it's really having a it's going to create a lot of damage to their mindset. And that's not healthy for anybody.
0: No, we're just all trying to find any semblance of positivity right now in our society. And it's getting harder and harder to I won't disagree with you. I'm someone who like you has a journalism background and as someone who studied journalism back in the university, which we both attended, National University, got to give them some props. It's hard to see the way the media is shaping all this because they do have to report the news. And I, I get that. And I understand that. And they do have to report where we stand now as far as the number of cases or whatnot. But they're providing us with very little hope beyond that. They're providing us with very little type of something that we can all latch onto. And that's hard at this point in time when you put so much negativity and so much harshness out there, it makes it hard for everybody to go ahead and still keep functioning because we are tuned into the news because we want to know what's going on. And we see now that we have more cases of coronavirus than anywhere. We see now here in the United States, we have more cases of the coronavirus than anywhere in the world. We get that. We understand that now. But please, if there can be some type of positivity we can look upon as far as maybe some more stories or maybe some more news and information about people trying to work through this crisis together, things that are being done to help other human beings get through this crisis, no matter where it is in the world, we would truly appreciate it because we're trying to draw on more and more positivity that we can because we need all the positivity we can get right now. I know it's hard. I know it's difficult, but... Please, we're all in this together. We want to go ahead and try and get through this. We need some type of outlet to get into it. And hopefully we here at the Pop Culture Cosmos over the past few weeks have been at least for a couple hours of your week, maybe a little bit more, some semblance of some type of escape for you. And if that's been the case, we're truly honored to be so. And hopefully we will be so in the future.
2: Seriously, like, you know, hopefully we're, we're a good outlet for you guys. You know, we'll always tell you the truth. But do us... The favoring kind. Like last night, I had a complete mental breakdown because I'm just being drowned in coronavirus stuff. I'm being all of my favorite places are closing down. All the people I care about are struggling, and I just I can't take in any more information like that. So just uh, you know, please be considerate.
0: I hear you on that, my friend. And they can also turn to you coming up in the near future when it comes to your book because you have been reading excerpts from your book congratulations, you suck, to a live audience on social media and getting a very good response.
2: Yeah, so I've been trying to kind of give people something else to think about for a while. So I've been reading my book. I was going to read it today, but there was, uh, you know, I had some things come up at work I had to take care of. So uh, I will be live streaming tomorrow around one o'clock. So if you want to tune in, just go to my author page on Facebook and you can uh, listen along. I might rip those videos off Facebook and put them up on youtube or instagram in the future but uh just for now if you want to uh follow along hear some story time just tune in
0: so you'll be reading that on friday the day this airs correct
2: yes friday at 1 p.m pacific standard time
0: well there you go look for today i'll if i'm able to i'll go ahead and share it onto the pop culture cosmos page for facebook so i can go ahead and get that extra stream so give people an extra outlet to take a look and see what's going on because they can go ahead and cheer up with a couple chapters excerpt from your awesome book. Congratulations, you suck. Well, we are going to be talking a lot of great subjects today, and we're also going to have a great guest on here in a minute, Sean Burns from Now You've Seen It, the podcast available everywhere you get your podcasts, and also the upcoming Battle List. He's stopping by to talk about the HBO comedy series Avenue 5, plus also Josh and I are going to be talking about what may be coming up in the future for The Elder Scrolls, I'm going to talk a little bit about Star Trek Picard and also Josh, a little bit about the Nintendo direct mini mini.
2: Yeah, it was a big mini.
0: Yes. That came out earlier today. As we're recording this to complete surprise to a lot of people, a lot of people didn't even know they were doing this, but I did have some information that Josh and I wanted to go ahead and talk about. We'll talk about that later in the show as well. But first, my friend, like we talk about this coronavirus is affecting a lot of industries adversely. And one of those industries we haven't talked about in a while that is being adversely affected is comic books. And I know when I first met you, you were, you know, a, a big fan of comic books, You're a comic book aficionado at that point of time, you were really you're drawing a lot of inspiration in some of the articles that you were writing within the framework of the comic book realm. So I want to ask you, my friend, your thoughts on the comic book crisis that's going on. You know, a lot of big comic book names are no longer distributing or sending out hard copies of their comic books because obviously they don't want to go ahead and either they're laying off workers because they're deemed not essential or also the possibility of contamination with the coronavirus. But then again, on the end sellers as well, these comic book stores, these local mom and pop comic book stores are not staying open because they're not deemed essential as well. And I, I just wanted to ask your thoughts on it, because first off, comic books are a great way for people to escape the realities of life that's out there. What has comic books meant to you over the years and and, and how sad is that for you to see what's going on with comic books?
2: Uh, It's really sad to me. I I think about it like this. This is the danger. So Diamond Distributors bought up a lot of the other public uh, comic book distributors back in the 90s. And this is what happens, right, when you create a monopoly on something. So it's good and it's bad, right? It's bad because a lot of these comic book stores aren't getting new issues. But then again, none of them are open. So maybe that has something to do with why Diamond Comics isn't distributing right now. But it also creates a good market for digital comics.
0: Well, let me ask you this are you surprised that dark horse said it's not going to release anything new digitally until they're able to go ahead and send out print publications again
2: i mean i love dark horse they're like my favorite publication because they got hellboy and bprd and solomon kane things like that but yeah well i wonder too if it has anything to do with uh maybe a majority of their market is in paperback sales so i mean if they're shutting their doors and they're kind of keeping close till this whole thing is over it might not be costing them they're not paying writers or anything so it's kind of like they're putting things on pause unless they got to pay the you know whatever deposit is on the building or the you know utilities and things like that but i don't know this whole thing is so weird because it in a time because notice look at video game sales right video game sales have boomed You go to any Target or any Walmart, you won't find a single Nintendo Switch on the shelf. Same thing with PlayStations and Xboxes. Even the games, like even some of the, I was at Target the other day, even some of like the low-grade Switch games that nobody cares about were just gone. Like people are just ransacking shelves for video games everywhere. And if you look at that, like comic books should be doing the same thing, right? Like people are looking for things to entertain them while they are stuck in their houses and this is an amazing time for them this would be a great marketing opportunity and it just seems like it's not such a great idea to not even put out digital stuff like that seems like a bad idea to me unless dark horse is kind of one of those people who's trying to not you know much like myself not go silently into that all digital future
0: well i hear you my friend i know a lot of people are stubborn like that and i i don't say i disagree with you because comic books in a print form is the original way to viewing these things. And to a lot of people, not only is it just nostalgic, it's just, you know, to them it's almost sacrilegious in a way. Would I say not? I mean, it's just to a lot of people, they would just never go digital. Even though Marvel and DC have pushed it hard over the recent years, they have pushed it very hard, their digital end, but they've found a lot of pushback because a lot of people found it just reprehensible to even or even feasible to go ahead and view comic books within a digital framework.
2: Yeah, but I mean, look at what everyone's doing right now. Like this is a time you have to make changes or you have to kind of adapt in order to stay alive. I would hate to see Dark Horse shut their doors for good because they don't want to print digital comics. Like it's just it this is not saying that they have to do this forever, but like yeah, put full steam into digital comics because you don't know
0: well, they just didn't want to do it while they don't can't put out, let's say, uh, whatever they're producing. Let's say the latest issue of Hellboy. They won't put out the latest issue of Hellboy on digital until they're able to put out a print version of it. So that's well, basically.
2: It's probably because they make a lot of their money off of the physical copies, right? And the variant covers and the the sketch covers and all the things like that. And they're losing that potential markup. Just because people want to read it right away, they want to read the digital copy. But at the same time, like even if you have to take a hit for the month, you know, get low revenue on something, you're keeping the lights on, you're keeping people employed in a time when America desperately needs that. So it seems kind of foolish to me to not do that, despite what the reasons might be.
0: I agree with you, my friend. People need to go ahead and adapt during these trying circumstances. And one way, if you're a big time comic book fan, would be to migrate over to a digital format. I think that's probably the way if you have it done already. And I remember within, like I said, recent years, Marvel and DC, especially Marvel, were always throwing me email incentives, big percentages off the actual service itself, or buying comics digitally, you were able to get some big discounts over the tangible paper versions of comics. I mean, that's something that I think gets often overlooked. Something we've talked about from a digital format where you can always run sales on digital formats of video games and you could potentially, in theory, get a lot of great deals on that because you're not spending the type of money on the packaging and all that. But we've seen, except for Steam, for a while anyways, from PSN and Xbox Store and all that, they were reluctant to go ahead and do so now they're following the steam format and running big sales every now and then periodically and gaining that general revenue off of that. Do you see now that people are are going to have to go ahead and modify their lives, and ch- especially if they're comic book fans, do you see them changing? And you also see big benefits for them financially in doing so.
2: Well, that's the only way these companies are going to stay alive is by making those changes, making those transitions, putting more effort into the ways of marketing that you didn't think were there before you know i'm, I'm looking at it up you know we keep talking about this but a perfect example is the gaming industry right like look at the email that square sent out saying hey if you got a physical copy of final fantasy 7 you're not going to be able to play it until what three or four weeks after the game comes out i know capcom just sent out another thing today saying that hey if you resident evil three remake is still slated to come out on time but if you order a physical copy especially if you're in europe or whatever other country they named you you're not going to get your physical copy on day one they didn't even give an eta on when they might get it so uh yeah digital sales you have to make that transition you know and they there's a lot of companies being smart about it right like square and ubisoft like they're putting out these massive sales anywhere from like 40 to 80 percent off on games and things like that And i know barnes and noble has been doing big uh, discounts on digital books because they want people to read they want to keep their business alive they're not an essential store so they need to make the changes necessary to create business create revenue and that's the only way because a lot of these places you know i talked about before we started talking about on this on the show is that you know a lot of the places that i care about places that i love to go they're shutting down and it's not just I'm hearing a lot of people going, oh, well, they're going to reopen once this thing is all over. It's not doesn't happen like that. Right. A lot of these people are shutting their doors because they cannot operate. And that in layman's terms is going out of business. So a lot of people won't be recovering from this. So if we lose Dark Horse or we lose, God forbid, Marvel or DC, like it's not going to be something that can be recovered. They're going to have to start over from scratch if they do come back. So it's just it's it's really dangerous to not adapt, especially, and it's also foolish, especially if you have the ability to do it.
1: You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? For the latest news
0: and information, analysis, and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. One thing I wanted to ask you is, okay, let's say someone has the time on their hands to go ahead and delve into the digital formats of comics, whether they're a season pro, someone who's very into the comic book scenes, or someone that is brand new to the comic book scene. Someone, uh, you know, maybe a comic book noob, per se, who wants to go ahead and peruse the world of comic books. Right now, there's no new Marvel movies coming out anytime soon. Black Widow's been delayed. We talked about that on our previous episode, the Pop Culture Cosmos, where we restructured in our way that we think would probably be best the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but that would be not taking place for a little while. So I want to ask you, my friend, what are some of the series, what are some of the comic books that you would say, hey, Josh, I got this Marvel or DC digital service I just downloaded, or Dark Horse per se. Where would you lean them? which service or actually which comic book series really intrigue you the most over the years, which ones that you have really caught your interest, which ones from beginning to end, as far as story arcs really are something that you would point to that made you a comic book fan?
2: Okay. Well, I mean, like I mentioned to you earlier, I have not read a lot of comic books in a long time. Like I used to really love them, but some of my favorite series would be Hellboy is really good. Love everything Mike Manolo's ever done. Same thing with, you know, BPRD is not as good as Hellboy, but it's still satisfying. You know, it gives you that dark Renaissance-style artwork, and it's got the the tones and all the supernatural stuff working for it. Uh, Batman Beyond is really good. Like, if you were a fan of the, the show when it was on Kids WB back in the day, like, it is definitely really good, and it's a lot. It really it picks up the story of Terry McGinnis after the comic book and it it goes like it's it's really good if you feel like you needed closure in that episode of justice league didn't do it for you this is definitely a good place to pick up another story arc i'd say ultimate spider that whole ultimate universe is really good you know ultimate spider-man's great ultimate fantastic four is you know it's whatever x-men's whatever but like if you read all the things that tie into those if you read the ultimate marvel universe as a whole you will not be disappointed in it it is spectacular it is it's just great to see a reimagining of these heroes for a younger age It kind of makes me sad that they destroyed that whole thing miles morales run of comic books is really good umbrella academy is the one that i also like sin city is a good place to dive in or a good uh, set of graphic novels to dive into you know also something i i really did enjoy was the gunslinger comic books so one the precursors to Stephen King's book series. So those are my picks. Uh, What about you? you you thinking about picking anything up?
0: I just think there's good combinations where if you like one series and you like to see it from a different format, or if you want to get into something else, some type of digital comic or digital graphic novel could be the way for you to go at this point in time as a diversion, as an escape. And the comic book industry, which is suffering so hard right now, because like you said, comic book fans have been so reluctant to latch on to something digitally they wanted something like you've always talked about with your video games you've always wanted to make sure you wanted a tangible copy in your hands you like it the way you're the collector it's the way you like to put it on your shelf things of that nature after you're done with it same thing goes with a comic book collector that you you have you have i'm sure you have lots and lots of comic books still at your house right now not asking people to go to josh's house mind you but you still have lots and lots of copies of comic books that are available that you have because you like the hard, tangible feel as far as opening and turning the pages. People were always reluctant to go to a digital format. And maybe now this is the time for people to start looking more into the digital realm for comic books. If they do, I'd say for me or someone who is not as hardcore into comic books and never have been, I've dabbled in it little by little over the course of the many years but not been really someone that stuck two feet full deep into it i know recently when my daughters were really into it about two three years ago right when we were starting the beginning of the show I, i remember that i was going to the comic book store every month and taking them and they were getting comics and enjoying and they would sit down for hours and read and read and read until they found the love of kindle and electronics and laptops and you know need i say more on that but i will say this my friend it was an escape for them and comic books can really do that for children and you know for people of all ages actually but two places for comic book fans i think they should go i think first off is secret wars and the reason why i say the secret wars is a great place to start for people is because if you're really into the mcu and you loved what took place within the framework of the marvel cinematic universe the secret wars if you read the comic books right now could be a key or could give you a little hint of what's to come in the future. Not necessarily phase four, mind you, but phase five, phase six of the Marvel cinematic universe, secret wars could be a definite possibility for a future for the Marvel cinematic universe.
2: Yeah, I agree. And I also like, don't feel like secret wars was always kind of a a cop out, you know, Marvel has done this thing where they have just created so many universes and I have I've admired them for that like letting different artists and writers have their take on these heroes they don't have to exist in a timeline but then those comic books become successful and boom they're branching out of that timeline you know DC did it right right they had all these properties and then with their What's That big event they had, uh, Crisis, right? They brought all of those universes together. Now they just have one universe, one mainline comic book, and they kind of reset everything. So you can pick up issue one of The Flash, and you would not be lost in like the years and years and years of stuff behind it. Marvel, they tried to do something like that with Marvel now, and then they ended up not resetting any characters. They just kept the same arcs open. So even if you like the characters that you pick up, you have to go back and read comic books dating back to the to the 60s and that has always frustrated me they had such a great opportunity with secret uh, secret wars but i think they kind of screwed the pooch so to speak
0: but for casual fans i think it's something that they could better get into and i think they will be drawing on some storylines from that series when it comes to the future of the marvel cinematic universe at least that's what i think i think they're going to go ahead and draw from it because it's what it was a very popular series for them for marvel and i think they're going to go ahead and take some from it at least some steps from it I, i think what do you think
2: yeah i mean there's there's plenty of source material to draw from on something like that but you know marvel again like people are feeling marvel burnout so if they were to like kind of do some of the things they do with comic books with the movies i i'm not sure it would go over so well so it all it all depends on where they're going with the mcu and how they want to do all that
0: now the last series i would recommend came out very recently within the past couple years and that is secret empire Uh, secret empire is something that i know a lot of casual comic book fans really enjoyed especially because of the fact that they were getting something different and it obviously gained news because Captain America and his turn into let's say a dark side per se, it was something that was caught a lot of fans, either casual or otherwise, out of left field. And you know, yes, it was for shock value, and the rest of the stories on it were a little bit uneven, but for the most part, I enjoyed it and I thought it was something that it's easier for casual fans to get into because of the fact, like I said, if you're dealing with something that you're familiar with or some steps from the Marvel Cinematic Universe that you can take into the comic book realm. I think this was not kind of like a nice bridge and I think that Secret Empire is something that if you really want to get started and in, get into something that's modern that you could really get into to get started within the comic book realm, I think Secret Empire is not a bad place to go because it was something that they promoted and something that they promoted very well and has some semblance of familiarity people out there. And then, of course, like I said, because of the controversial nature of some of the characters, Black Widow played a major part. There were some things that happened there. And then also Captain America and his turn towards the dark side and the the events emanating after that. It ended up on something that maybe was a little bit rushed. The fans that are out there that cried for the internet to make some changes, I think that influenced the series overall. It when you look at it, but still I think it's something that a lot of general fans could get into, especially if you're going into it, you know, at first before you really get into the comic book realm.
2: Yeah, I mean I've never read it, so I'm I'm gonna trust your opinion on this, but uh yeah, it sounds like it could be cool. There's also, you know, for you guys out there, a lot of good series outside of the Marvel DC continuities, too. So, you know, there's there's a comic book out there for everybody, like literally for everybody so don't be afraid to look.
0: Absolutely. If you've never stopped into a comic book store and you do for the first time, it's mind-boggling because you will see the walls from end to end covered with current issues going on of all the different types of characters, all the different types of comic series from all the different brands that are out there, and that's amazing that Uh, Even in an age where comic books as a whole, and we've talked about this before back on our show where comic books sales were starting to slide as as a whole, there's still, you could walk into a comic book store and find all these different things and find something that you could relate to. My daughters could relate to several different types of comic books that, that were available to them. And so many others could you look and see, okay, this is for my genre. This is for my genre. If you're still itching for some Star Wars after The Rise of Skywalker, you could go into that. That tells a great detail about not only some of the older characters, but some of the newer modern characters as well. They have their own storylines. So you can look into that. But also many other great comics that are out there. They're by the hundreds in some cases when you go to comic book stores. So it's a great thing to see still out there if you can and you're interested in comic books, sign up today to your digital service of your choice, whether it's Dark Horse, DC, Marvel, or whatever digital service that's out there that supports comic books. From us, we think you'll be glad you did. What are your thoughts out there on comic books and the comic book industry that has really been hit hard by the coronavirus? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos, humanity Media, and GameSource on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Well, coming up next, Sean Burns is going to stop by to talk some Avenue 5. And then right after that, Josh and I will be back to talk a little bit about Elder Scrolls, Star Trek Picard, and the Nintendo Direct Mini on the back end of the show. This is the PC Multiverse.
1: Coming soon from Rob McCallum Films, Zero Cool Films presents Action Figure Adventure. Super collector Jay Bartlett hits the road once again in search of action figures, most iconic and noteworthy and rare figures, all in the name of creating the most ultimate action figure auction ever. He fronts the cash that charity benefits in the end. What will he get? How will he get it? And how well will he do? Find out November 1st, 2020. This and many more from Rob McCallum Films gerald glass
0: we're coming right back at you here from the pop culture cosmos well one of the shows that seems to be going under the radar for the most part but is still very much beloved out there is avenue five hbo's mature rated comedy that's out there and it's something that it's very very good just if you get a chance to go ahead and see it please go ahead and do so because it's gotten very good reviews word of mouth is pretty good on it everything like that and There's nine episodes that are waiting for you. You doesn't have to wait for HBO Max or anything like that. If you have access to HBO, it's a great show to get into. It's only nine episodes so far. It's already been greenlit for a season two, so obviously the fans are getting interested in it. The ratings are good enough to go ahead and warrant it. And like I said before, the critics are going ahead and saying good things about it. And here today to talk about a lot of great things when it comes to Avenue 5 and so much more. He's got... Not only one, but two great podcasts on tap. First is that's available now everywhere you get your podcast. It's a great show talking about all the things going on with movies called Now You've Seen It, which is available everywhere you get your podcast. And also they've got a game show coming out on April 1st, and that is Battle List. Battle List is a show coming up. You got to check that out coming April 1st to podcast outlets everywhere. It's Sean Burns and Sean, just great to have you part of the program. Hi, thanks for having me on. It's great to have you here on the show, and I did get a chance to see the episodes of Avenue 5, and you know, if people are familiar <laughs> with the house, I will probably say, first and foremost, maybe a little bit more mature-rated Hugh Laurie, who takes the role as the, I'm going to put this in air quotes, captain of the Avenue 5, yeah. per se. I think it's probably the best way to describe it. It does not take itself anywhere near seriously at all. If somebody just right now, especially with the times that we're in, wants a very light comedy, I think this is probably a good place to start.
3: Yeah, the way I've kind of described it to people is that it's it's social satire through the lens of Love Boat meets Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Because it has that really dry sense of humor, that black comedy that, um, you know, if if Douglas Adams sat down and wrote an episode of The Love Boat, this is what we would end up with.
0: Yes, absolutely. A great mixture right there for you and a lot of interesting details as this Avenue 5, first off, if you're not familiar with it, put it like like Sean said, love boat. And it goes it's like an interstellar cruise line going from planet to planet. And along the way that, you know, the captain there the, to kind of guide the ship in, in the right direction, at least that's the theory anyways, is Hugh Laurie, Josh Gad he's playing the owner of the cruise line of the Avenue series and is the owner of the Avenue five. He's actually involved. He's a passenger who sometimes is not all there because of certain things that he does during the course of the program. So yes, he's, he's there and you know, he's not doing Disney, he's doing this. So it's a great thing for him. There's a lot of other great cast members as well, but tell me in, in, you know, if you could tell our folks out there, you could tell our listeners exactly what, really brings you into the series was it something because of hugh laurie did he obviously his work from house that people know here in america so much but as a great british comedian his history of what he's done over the years has just been just been priceless but tell me about the the allure that it had for you initially as you got into the show
3: well i i really like sci-fi and i really like comedy and when the two are blended well it makes for a really fun show. Like I really enjoy the Orville and galaxy quest is one of my favorite movies. It's just so much fun when they can take all of the sci-fi tropes and kind of stand them on their head and, and purposefully point at them and laugh. And I think that's what a lot of these, these shows do. The cast is outstanding. I, I never saw a single episode of house. I'm probably one of the few people who's never seen an episode of house, but I, every time I've seen Hugh Laurie interviewed or in other things, he's always been very intriguing. So I wanted to check this out, and then Zach Woods shows up, who's uh, Gabe from The Office, and he was in Silicon Valley, uh, and he plays Matt, who is, I guess, if you, if we're going with the uh, love boat analogy, he's kind of your Julie, kind of your cruise director, and Susie Nakamura, who played Allison Park on Doctor Ken, plays. Judd's executive assistant Iris Kimura and she's fantastic and then the character Billy McAvoy the ship's engineer played by Lenora Critchlow I think her name is she's fantastic I think she's probably one of the highlights of the series for me is her her performance as Billy
0: yeah like I said the episodes I've seen you know they're the the cast they seem to work well with each other Uh, you know as far as what people need to go ahead and check it out for, uh, you know, obviously Hugh Laurie and Josh Gad, they're the, they're the ones that are the, the prime, you know, individuals that people know the stars that people can relate to. And they're obviously very good on screen, but yes, the supporting cast around them makes for the show. I think that helps fleshes out the the context of the nine episodes that are there. And you're right. It does have that feel of what you were talking about with the Orville, Uh, the orville though sometimes goes off into not sure what it's what it wants to be whether it wants to be a drama whether it wants to be a a sci-fi pick or whether it wants to be a comedy sometimes it it depends Mm -hmm. on the the season i mean earlier in the episodes with the orville it started to be out the screwball comedy and then it started to go into a little bit more serious nature so it's still finding its niche as it goes and heads over to hulu but with Avenue Five, straight off the get-go, you know what you're getting, and Galaxy Quest, as someone who is a great fan of that movie as well, I mean, it just it's something that if you're into, like you said, comedic satire, this is definitely up your alley.
3: Yeah, and, and in addition to the cast, I I think the the scenes are beautifully shot, especially any of the scenes that are outside of the ship. I think really are very well rendered. The the I don't know how how spoilery we want to get, but the particular ring of a certain waste object going around the ship when they light it up and when they see you see the Pope's face in it and everything. It's just it's amazing what they've done with it, and they're just beautifully rendered effects.
0: Absolutely. You see HBO giving the show quite a bit of love, and it's very interesting to see how much love HBO is giving it because It is not one of the quote-unquote highlight shows, That one of the shows that they're really branching out there, one of the shows that they're really pushing. It's not Westworld, which they're, they're trying to promote so heavily out there. It's, like I said, in many ways going under the radar. And I hear most of the scuttlebutt around this show in regards to people talking to each other about it, people on social media commenting on how much they love the show. You have indicated how much you love the show. That's how you and I first connected for this interview is because you really wanted to talk about how much you, you love the show and how entertaining it was. I wanted to ask you this, though. The show, the, if the only thing I could say as far as from a little bit of a critique standpoint is it gets a little bit – everyone seems to be angry all at the same time, and that happens quite a bit on the show. And While it does create for a lot of laughs, it puts them kind of a little bit against the wall narratively as far as it's concerned, where there's not someone to, to bounce off of. Sometimes because of the precarious positions that they put themselves into, they come off a little bit angry towards each other a little bit too much. Do you find that at all? Or or do you think that's okay? Because like I said, they're always running up against these strange and weird goings on while they're out there in space.
3: Yeah, it's a really interesting dichotomy because it's a, it, it starts... To me, it started out kind of a slow burn, but it's a very fast paced show and that's kind of hard to reconcile in your brain. But yeah, I can definitely see the point of everybody is they're, they're trying to almost one up each other in how angry they can be at times. And, you know, the character of Karen mixed in, who's kind of like the representative of the average, quote unquote, passenger on the ship she tends to ratchet up the the tension a lot as well but they do a good job i think of playing comedically off of all of that tension and so a lot of times when they build it up it is for good comedic effect
0: absolutely and i agree with you on that it's just everybody is so angry on that show for yeah. ship all the time it's just kind of funny in a way and then it gets to the point where like chill out people for a little bit there but yes it is something that I think a lot of people will go out of their way to enjoy because I have found the episodes to be very humorous. And obviously you have as well because you have such great things to say about it. And I wanted to ask you this. It did get greenlit for a season two. And if that's the case, where do you want the show to go in its next season?
3: Well, again, without getting too spoilery, one of the major characters kind of departs the avenue five in a way at the end of the the season and i'm really kind of curious to see where that character's other half uh kind of goes in the next season without them to lean on i think that's going to be a really interesting character development they're setting it up for a long haul i mean they've basically got it to where they're 3 years away, possibly more than that. So, they definitely have it set up for a long-term thing. Uh it's I don't know where they're going to go with it. It's it's so weird and you know, it you, you mentioned about the times that we're in right now and one of my favorite memes going around right now is uh you know, waking up in 2020 is like Captain Picard, you know, every morning damage report. And this show is kind of like that. It's like at the beginning of every episode, it's like, okay, what's gone wrong so far, and what else can go wrong? And I mean, if they can continue to hit on those notes and hit them well, I, I think it's gonna be uh you know a really interesting season, too.
0: And Hugh Laurie is just hilarious in the show. I think he's just so funny, especially the fact that he's mocking himself in his accent. And there's yeah. an episode I don't want to go ahead into really great detail about it, the spoilers, but he mocks his own fact that you know you know him from house where he had the american accent but he's actually british by nature you know and and the fact that he goes ahead and mocks his own accent during the course of one of the episodes is is uh, quite funny and i just thought it was quite amusing how he's poking fun at himself and also other actors that go ahead and you know like like we've seen over the course of years australian or british They have a very easy way to blend in American accents real easily, and it's just so funny how they were able to go ahead and touch upon that on that particular episode. But yes, overall, the show's been been a lot of fun, and uh, I I do highly recommend it to a lot of people out there, and I know you do as well. One last question on Avenue 5, and, and as far as that's concerned, if in just a short bit you could tell people one last time, about avenue five why they should really get into it because you know sci-fi is something that seems to be you know for a limited audience on occasion some people really just stay away from science fiction type genre type shows and whatnot if you could go ahead and talk to those people what would you say to them to try and see if they could get themselves into watching couples episodes because if they do i'm pretty sure that they're going to be glad that they did
3: yeah, the main thing I would say is to disregard the sci-fi aspect of it up front. Kind of like how once you get past the first one to two seasons of The Walking Dead, it's not so much a show about zombies as it is a soap opera that has zombies in it. The sci-fi is not the main part. The sci-fi stuff that they do is so over the top that real sci-fi fans might get a little bit perturbed by it but if you go into a ass comedy that just happens to take place on a spaceship i think you would find it uh, much more enjoyable and this again is definitely one of those ones you have to give it three episodes i don't think you can accurately judge it based right on the pilot but the good news is it's a shorter show so you it's not as big a time investment to get to three episodes and really have a good idea of what you're uh, what you are getting yourself into
0: absolutely i I think people should give it a try and i also think people should give it enough episodes because it is worth their time and plus like you've said and like i've said in these times that we're having right now everybody needs a good laugh and avenue five to me is a very good place to start it's been very very well received very well reviewed it has gone under the radar with a lot of people i mean i don't hear as far as you've got to watch this show you got to watch this show from the press per se and from the media I hear it more like like I was talking about earlier as a word of mouth type deal. But again, it's got enough viewers, so it's been greenlit for season two. And that that's the case, that means HBO's behind it. And if HBO's behind it, that means a lot of people who are watching it keep on watching it. So that's a good sign for the series going forward.
3: Yeah, definitely.
0: One last thing I want to talk to you about, Sean, is that you've got not one, but two great podcasts coming on tap. In fact, you've got one right now that's out and available. That's Now You've Seen It, a great movies podcast that's now available everywhere you get your podcast. And on the 1st of April, you've got Battle List, an interesting type game show concept for a podcast. So if you could go ahead and share with our listeners before we head on out about not only your Now You've Seen It podcast, but Battle List, I'd be very appreciative. And I know our audience would be as well. Yeah,
3: Now You've Seen It is a fun podcast that has a little bit of a twist. There's so many podcasts out there reviewing 80s and 90s type movies and some 2000s movies as well. What kind of sets us apart is each episode we bring on a guest who has never seen the movie before and is watching it for the very first time. Hence, now you've seen it as the title. We've covered Alien. We've covered The Thing. We've covered The Jerk. We did Groundhog Day. It's been a lot of fun. And, and it's it's really interesting to see some of these movies that you loved as a, as a kid or as a young adult, and then somebody who's watching them for the first time now in 2020, and how differing the views can be, how much we really look at a movie like Goonies or Indiana Jones through these lenses of nostalgia. And taking those away gives us an interesting insight to the movie that a lot of other podcasts I don't think have the option of getting. Battle List is a brand new thing. We just recorded three episodes of it this week. We're hoping to have that first one out right on or around April 1st. And we have two contestants on each episode. They're typically podcasters. And we give them a list of 15 places or people or items. And then we give them a category. And their job is to figure out which of those 10 belong either in the top 10 or they fit the criteria of the category. For example, uh, one of our episodes we recorded had the top 10 flavors of Pop-Tarts. And so the the guests go back and forth picking off of the list which ones they think are in the top 10. And some are surprising and some are, you know, pretty straightforward guesses. And then some, uh, some of the lists are things like, I give them a list of 15 countries and 10 of them have hosted Olympics and five of them have not And they have to kind of vie to figure out which ones were Olympic host countries. We're going to run 12 episodes. And at the end of the 12 episodes, the eight people who scored the highest, whether they won or lost their particular episode, the eight highest scores are going to be invited back for a tournament of champions at the end of the season before we repack everything and go into
0: another season. Oh, that's awesome to hear a very interesting concept. I like it a lot. That's Battle List. That's coming your way on the 1st of April, everywhere you get your podcast, And if you want to check out what he's doing now, check out Sean Burns today on the hit show. Now you've seen it everywhere you get your podcasts. Well, Sean, it's been great talking to you about Avenue 5. You're more than welcome to come back on the show at any point in time to talk movies, TV, pop culture, anything you like. Right here on the Pop Culture Cosmos.
1: Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games.
0: And we're back with the PCC Multiverse. Just want to go ahead and thank Sean Burns one last time for going ahead and stopping by on the show Truly cannot thank you enough for taking the time and also check his shows out. Now You've Seen It, available now everywhere you get your podcasts and battle lists coming April 1st to all podcast outlets. Well, my friend, I wanted to talk a little bit about Elder Scrolls real quick because Bethesda on their Twitter this week not only mentioned one, but two anniversaries for a couple of their older games in the series. So I want to ask your thoughts, my friend. I know 2018 E3 they had talked about Elder Scrolls 6 being their next game. Let's say everything was still hunky-dory at this point in time, and there was no coronavirus. Do you think at E3 they would have announced Elder Scrolls 6 coming out at the end of this year, right around holiday time? That would have been their next big game after Doom Eternal?
2: No. No, they, they wouldn't have. We would have gotten to see more footage of it, and I hope that we do. Bethesda is still supposed to be working on they're still supposed to be doing a conference so i'm sure we're going to get to see some footage of it but i don't think we'd see it at holiday season it's just such a massive game i imagine if the latest will the earliest we'll see it is probably 2021 maybe spring if we're lucky but even that's wishful thinking so it could be you know a summer release in 2021 holiday season i think that people are willing to wait final fantasy versus 13 that took what eight years to come out so i mean there are a lot of fans who are willing to hang in there for something good but here's the thing if this doesn't come out the gate and deliver then there's going to be something wrong because not only will they have messed up the fallout franchise but they will have messed up their flagship franchise and that will not bode well for them
0: as someone who spent well over 100 hours on oblivion and spent 30 hours on skyrim before he got stuck in a bug that he couldn't get out of I will say that Elder Scrolls has a great place in my heart, and hopefully, yes, I will get back into Skyrim before the next Elder Scrolls comes out. I wouldn't put it past Bethesda. They could possibly bring it out this year. That's what I'm hoping for, but I just want a good version of Elder Scrolls. Obviously, the taste that was left by Fallout 76 is still there for a lot of people and they associate Fallout with Elder Scrolls a lot because it uses the same type of technology, the same type of format, the same type of open world and whatnot. So I'm hoping that they'll make better choices with Elder Scrolls when Elder Scrolls 6 finally comes out. For me, I'm thinking still possibly this year, but I have a feeling you're right and that they'll go ahead now because of what's going on, that they'll delay it for 2021 and a 10-year anniversary from Skyrim. What are your thoughts out there on Elder Scrolls? Let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. I just want to cover two last things before we head on out, my friend, and that was Star Trek Picard. I know a lot of people are now getting access to CBS All Access because it's 30-day free now. They opened that up a lot. It went from the seven days to 30 days, so now people can check out the entire series on Star Trek Picard because season one just ended. All I can say is... It is a little bit uneven. There are some real high points and some real low points. Overall, I think it's a decent watch. The last episode is very congested, but the one thing that it does offer that will please long term Star Trek fans is if you're, especially if you're a fan of Star Trek The Next Generation, if you're a fan of the relationship and the camaraderie between Captain Jean Luc Picard and Data, which on the surface, ended in the 2000s with Star Trek Nemesis. You will get a closure on that relationship between those two that is satisfying. But again, you have to go through an uneven ride and sometimes some sloppy storytelling in order to get there. But overall, it's a decent watch, and I do recommend Star Trek Picard. But yes, there are some things in there I probably would have done differently. But the last episode outside of it's you know once you go through all the congestion of what's going on with the other side stuff and all that and trying to flesh out everyone's storyline and unfortunately not doing a great job of completing any of them the one thing that does get completed is the bond between data and Jean-Luc Picard now what happens to Jean-Luc Picard is kind of far fetched especially the fact that they've already gone and used that trope for him once already in the distant past but you know what I guess it's for the best because I got to go ahead and have him come back for season two. You can't go ahead and have a Star Trek Picard without Picard himself. So it is Star Trek Picard. Just be prepared for a bumpy ride along the way to get to the end goal. So you can see an actual closure of the relationship between Data and Jean-Luc Picard. Now, my friend, I wanted to ask you this before we head on out. And that is the Nintendo Direct Mini. Could you enlighten our listeners on some of the big keys, the big points of interest
2: they opened up with was something that people have been talking about for a long time, but they just haven't announced this 2K porting Bioshock collection to Switch. Also Borderlands, they announced the Borderlands Legacy Collection. So that will be a uh, release of Borderlands 1 and 2 and the pre-sequel. Big thing that came out was Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. So, I mean, that was a really fun game from back in the day. And that's one that they are remastering. It'll be available May 29th, 2020. And they are also creating original content for it. So like an epilogue, they're calling it. So you can go back and you can play the game and then play a part of the game that you never got to play. Because with Xenoblade Chronicles 2, they picked it up with a new character. There's some expansions come out for Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, The Black Order. There's a game called Shin Into the Deep, which, which looks pretty cool. Kind of reminds me of uh, Echo the Dolphin from Sega. Animal Crossing, New Horizons. There's a special Easter event coming up. Okay, so now they rele- they're they talking about this game called Good Job. It came out today. It's 1999. It looks really fun. Like, you're going through it. You're helping your dad out the office, and you're trying to do jobs, and you're just messing everything up. Like, just the animations look fun. The music sounds fun. The game looks fun, but I don't know if it's worth $20 to me. Next thing, Catherine Full Body on Switch. So you can go back and play that. That game was pretty stressful pretty stressful
0: um, pretty weird pretty different yeah and this game will never die they're not anyone, letting this game it's, die
2: it's almost been ported more times in skyrim and that's saying a lot king's bounty so i know i don't know if anyone's into that series but they're releasing that in 2020 on switch king's bounty 2 they announced a new super smash bros fighter is from arms and going to be released in june sometime but they haven't given an exact date
0: plus they're giving a free trial for arms
2: mm-hmm, free trial for arms Bravely Default 2 is something coming out. So Bravely Default 1, if I remember, that was only released in Japan, I, I want to say. I got a buddy who's really into that game. But they're releasing Bravely Default 2 in 2020. Still haven't given any like release dates on that. What else? Star Wars Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy. It's one of the most like janky games in the Star Wars universe, but it still is very endearing and fun. That came out today. You can play that. Star Wars Episode 1, Racer is coming out, but they have not given a release date on that. We all remember that from Nintendo 64. Panzer Dragoon, fully remade version of the Sega Saturn game, is out now. You can pick it up today. Trials of Mana, one that I am really excited about, they announced that will be out April 24th. And then, as you said, the Pokémon Sword and Shield expansions will be out by the end of June. And they also kind of gave some dates, tentative dates for other things, like Fuser uh, uh, comes out in 2020. Elder Scrolls Blade is Spring 2020, Warhammer 40,000, May 2020, Burnout Paradise, Remastered sometime in 2020, Saints Row, March 27th, and Minecraft Dungeons, Spring of 2020.
0: A lot of good stuff coming there. Uh, Ring Fit Adventure, though, you know, people laughed at that You know when it came out. It's something that Nintendo was going to go ahead and be somewhat serious about. But again, just like we saw back with the Wii and the, all the boards that were bought and now they're all sitting at Retro City Games. What I see every time I go in there, or it was just a full stack of Wii boards that were sitting there for the exercise boards. But Ring Fit Adventure, people need to take it seriously now because it's sold out everywhere. And they just added a rhythm game DLC to it. So people are getting more fun out of Ring Fit Adventure. It is a good workout. I've heard some good things about it. And if there's a lot of other great things that went on in this Nintendo Direct Mini. And, Thanks, Josh. I really appreciate you getting everybody up to speed on it because there are a lot of good things that are coming out for the Nintendo Switch. Right now, it is the best-selling of all the units. It's hard to get any of the systems at this point in time because people just want to do something while they're inside. But the Nintendo Switch is selling like hotcakes, and it's good to see, even at this time, that Nintendo is supporting its best-selling console. What are your thoughts out there on the Nintendo Direct Mini? please let us know, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, it's been a great episode, my friend. Got a lot to talk about for our Monday show coming up. One last thing I want to ask you, my friend. I know a lot of people have been talking to me about it off camera and out there on the internet and all that, since I am somewhat affiliated with it. At some point in time, you and I are going to have to discuss Contagion and a movie that's not so near and dear to my heart, Outbreak gonna have to go ahead and watch those man yes
2: yes we will we will i did watch
0: contagion again recently
2: i got contagion on my amazon prime so i'll I'll give it a watch
0: okay and we can also talk about outbreak too because the reason why is both are hot right now because of what's going on with the coronavirus they're both at the top of the apple charts so obviously since a lot of other people are doing it and it is trending it's what we got to talk about at some point in time in the near future. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassman. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC Multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day.